The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Next, Jennifer Rothschild explains how we can be in Christ and still have an identity crisis. The lover of our soul says, I call you my own, I choose you, I love you, I'm calling you my own. And we say, we have this new identity because if, all, if, if any man is found in Christ, behold, all things are become new, right? And then what do we do? We think, oh, but mm, I'd feel better if I looked this way, or maybe I'd be somebody if I had that job or that man or that woman. Thank all of you and thank you for joining us. I'm James Robinson. My wife, Betty, and I welcome you to life today. Jennifer Rothschild has been one of our guests many times because we frankly just like her to come every month if she would. I mean, I wouldn't care if she came and stayed uh, you know, for a long time, but she's just a blessing. If you don't know Jennifer, and, and many of you do, you're going to want to hear what she has to say. But if you don't know her, uh, Jennifer lost her eyesight when she was about 15 years old. It was kind of a process, uh, so she was sighted. Her eyes still actually look like she can focus because she did for so many years, but she hasn't seen. And uh, we won't get into how long she hasn't seen. We'll let her tell you that if she wants to, <laughs> but she lost her sight around 15, and we think she's one of the most beautiful expressions of the love of God and the miracle grace of God to enable you to deal in, let's say, a most positive way with one of the greatest challenges, I think, that anyone could face. Mm. She has written a book, Invisible, How You Feel Is Not Who You Are. And I'm really curious to, to ask her when she's not sighted, and you might think, well, the whole world's in, invisible yeah. to you. <laughs> yeah. where, did, where did you come up with this title? So why don't we welcome Jennifer, and let's just ask her about it. Would you welcome <laughs> you. Jennifer Rothschild? Thank you. Well, James, I I will say this, I, uh, you, you said I lost my sight at 15 and you're not going to say how long. No, <laughs> I right. did. I didn't. Well, I will say this, okay. I have been in physical darkness longer than I phys lived in physical light. Mm -hmm. So it's funny though, even though I have been blind longer than I was sighted, I still don't totally get used to it, you know? Mm -hmm. And you're right, as you ask the question, isn't everything invisible to me? It is. In a physical sense. Obviously, I'm looking at you and not seeing you. So in, in many ways, you're invisible. But why I titled the book Invisible is because there's a lot of people right now hearing my voice that can see perfectly fine and they feel invisible yes. because mm -hmm. they feel overlooked. They feel undervalued. You know, it may be a stay-at-home mom who... All she does is work all day and change diapers and try to keep the house clean and can't keep up with the laundry and she just feels invisible. Nobody notices what she does. Or it might be somebody who's, you know, come, just come home from lunch, and for, from work, and they're sitting at lunch and they're alone eating thinking, you know, every time I share an idea, somebody has a better one and I feel ignored like I don't even matter. I mean, men, women, we all can feel invisible. and. So I have felt that, believe it or not, <laughs> and it has nothing to do with blindness, I have felt invisible and it has everything to do with me getting my identity in Christ confused, thinking that I was what I did or how I felt. And so I felt in invisible. And, and also, don't you think you find yourself that way 
when you make the mistake of comparing yourself in some way to others. Oh my goodness. And how you see them perceived or mm -hmm. how they don't seem to be invisible, they seem to be quite effective and you wonder about yourself. We, we seem to make the big mistake of doing what Paul cautioned us not to do, comparing ourselves with one another, even measuring ourselves by one another. And when we do, we're void of wisdom, of understanding. Mm. And don't you think that happens to a lot of people when they do that? They look at others and they see themselves as less significant? I think it happens to me. I know it. I, I, and you know where one place that is a real trap for that is social media. I mean, here I am in Christ, right? Mm -hmm. I, I feel he's given my identity. He's saved my life. He's given me joy. I mean, if I can live with blindness and still be teeming with joy, what an identity, right? right. And then I get on Facebook <laughs> and I start to notice, you know, my friends have more likes than me or they say something <laughs> clever and I think I'm so dumb compared to them or, you know, yeah, look how many shares they had. Exactly. People just passed on what they said, and nobody passed on what exactly, I said. Exactly. It's right. terrible. I'm just feeling right. bad myself. Now, is that not a lie from the enemy? <laughs> it is. But what happens is when we begin to compare, we become more self-aware. And when we become, when it becomes all about us, when we don't really have a sense of identity, because we're looking to find ourselves in all the wrong places, we forget that we're already found in Christ. And so I, I, I really entered into this crisis and I didn't like it. So I went to the word, because if we're going to know our worth, right, James, we've got to go to the word. That's yeah. the only place you know your worth is in the word. And um, I found a woman that I realized she and I had a lot in common and her name was Gomer. What a name. Yeah, right? Tough start right there. <laughs> Not a pretty name, but I hear she was a pretty woman. Okay. So, um, Gomer was this woman in the Old Testament. Unfortunately, she is described as a promiscuous woman. And I'm probably being polite in the way I describe her. Right. Probably she was more than that. Mm. But she's like the least likely woman you'd ever want to identify with and say, oh yeah, I'm like her. Um, but the beauty of her story and the reason I realized I was like her is because she was chosen by a prophet. God said to Hosea, I want you to marry this woman who's promiscuous and she's going to break your heart, but she'll be a good example. Your relationship will be a great example of how I feel about my people. And so Hosea marries Gomer and here this young woman, all right, who's grown up probably seeing all the wrong things. I mean, in fact, uh, her, her dad's name was Diblam. Okay. Diblam. I know it's all bad. <laughs> Bless their hearts. Right. Um, Diblum means double portion of raisin cakes, which could be utterly meaningless at this moment to people, except <laughs> let me tell you why that matters. Back in their day, raisin cakes were an aphrodisiac. Okay, so for this daddy to be named double portion of raisin cakes, we're saying he was not a nice guy. Mm -hmm. And poor Gomer was probably exposed to things a young girl should have never been exposed to. The probably the only time she got attention was in all the wrong ways for all the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. So of course she's promiscuous. And then Hosea marries her and her identity changes, right? She's this beloved bride. And what does she do? Instead of identifying with her present truth and reality, she wanders off and goes for other lovers. Mm -hmm. And she ends up enslaved. Well, we do that too.
The lover of our soul says, I call you my own. I choose you. I love you. I'm calling you my own. And we say we have this new identity because if, all, if, if any man is found in Christ, behold, all things are become new, right? And then what do we do? We think, oh, but mm, I'd feel better if I looked this way. Or maybe I'd like myself more if other people liked me more. Or maybe I'd be somebody if I had that job or that man or that woman or and we wander off from the God who loves us to these quote unquote other lovers of approval or acceptance. And what happens? We get shackled up and enslaved by the insecurity that it creates and we feel invisible. When that happens, Betty, when you listen to this, because you've told me in our, our relationship for the more than 50 years we've been together, how often you felt very insignificant. Mm. So how do you, what, what brings you past that? Because I want to hear Jennifer say in a moment how she's going to recommend to people, which is uh, really the purpose for the book is to try to yeah, but help people get past this. Well, what is it that... well it, it is all about our identity and knowing who we are in Christ, you know, and if we're searching for that, I search for it through works. You know, I mm. thought if I be this, if I be this good girl, and I go to church and go to all the activities they have at church, I'll work myself into that place mm. of, of being significant or being worthy of something. You know, yeah. and that didn't work either because I, I didn't have that relationship with God that that would bring me that identity that I was searching so hard for. So we do we we go wandering out, as you said, work, working and searching for other things that will bring us the identity. And even I mean, when in we good mar- ways, yeah, in good ways. I mean, I, God gave me a wonderful husband, and and I know a lot of women would say, "Hey, boy, that should give you your, you know, your, but it." But but it put pressure on him because I was searching, expecting him to bring me all mm. that joy and that identity, and and it just wasn't happening. As hard as he would try, it wasn't enough. Yeah. And I finally had to say, okay, God, what do you want me to, to see in this? And he said, I want you to know who who created you and how much I love you mm. and your purpose that I put you here for. Mm. And when I submitted to that and just said, God, my identity is in you. And I receive that. But, we, you know, we do have to make that choice. We do. God offers it to us, but we make the decision where we'll accept it or not. Well, and I think, too, exactly what you're saying is true. Because if we try to find ourselves in another person or in an achievement, mm-hmm. then, then we never find, we'll never be found. The point is, God is our source of self. That's right. He's the one that gives us identity. And when we stray from our source of self, we cannot help but lose our mm-hmm. sense of self. We'll have no idea who we are, but the Lord has taught me we got to constantly go to his word. And I, in fact, in the book, I, I expose some lies and you, exp- you just shared one of them, Betty, <laughs> some lies we believe when we don't have our identity in Christ. And it is who I am is what I struggle with. That's a lie. I'm a failure. I, you know, I, my marriage failed or I have an alcohol problem or I can't get over my profanity or I lose my temper. I'm, this is what I struggle with, so I, that's who I am. No, mm-hmm. who you are and what you struggle with are not the same thing. That's a lie. Uh, sometimes the lie we believe is who I am is not good enough. Mm-hmm. You know, you are trying to do all the right things, be the good girl. Well, the problem is we never know when it's good enough. Yeah, that's right. But the truth is God is good. And he is enough. And when we're found in him, then we are complete. That's what Colossians says, that we are found, made complete in him who is the head of all principalities and powers. So I, I've learned that I will never know 
my worth unless I stay in God's word. I got to stay in the good book, not Facebook, <laughs> to, know, to know who right. I am. Amen. Yeah, and I appreciate Facebook letting us see what our kids and grandkids are doing. Yeah. So, you know, you can, and you know, one of the things that I've actually enjoyed is watching our friends and our family use Facebook as a witness. Yes, it And can. share good yeah. things that actually inspire people. It doesn't have to just be a puppy or a cat video. <laughs> it can be something that actually happened that's very meaningful. It so can be a source if, of encouragement. If we would, if we would see every vehicle of communication as an opportunity to communicate the greatest message that's ever mm. been told. And it is the message of the love of God expressed in Christ. Uh, Jennifer, I want to talk to our television audiences very directly. And to those of you here, one of the things that I try to get every one of you when I talk to you, if you ever were in a meeting where I'm speaking in person, and if you watch this very often, you will know this. I try to let you know how important you are, how valuable you are to God. Not only in the issue of His grace and His love poured out in your behalf, but the fact that you're such a valuable asset in expressing His love, His grace, His care for others. When you really begin to say, Lord, I'm going to receive this love that you have for me and release it, it is amazing, Jennifer, when we look beyond ourselves, we will see so many opportunities to touch someone that needs the master's mm, touch, amen. like the leper that needed it or the person who needed a miracle. And we actually become the expression of that miracle. I know you've been with us actually for many years. Yeah. And you've watched us over the years try to give fresh water to people who don't have it. Yeah. And, and they are dying because of contaminated water. You've watched us feed the hungry. You've watched us reach out to those that are trapped in sexual uh, predation and bondage yeah. and set them free. And you know when we do that, we can only do it because viewers have decided they're going to reach beyond themselves and touch someone. I want to ask you, as you go out and share, do you not find the greatest blessing when you can release blessings toward others and know that you are somehow pointing them at not only the grace of God, but mm. what He can do through them if they'll simply yield the clay of their life into the Master's hands. Do you not find great joy oh. in showing them and seeing them lifted up by the grace and love of God and then begin to express it. Well, and I've seen the proof of that, James. I mean, the truth is there's many viewers right now that are thinking, don't, don't ask me to give anything because my burden's so heavy. What I've learned is when your burden is heavy, it gets lighter when you choose to carry someone else's. Well, that's and right. there is such so well a said. blessing when you get outside yourself mm -hmm. and you become the hands of Jesus, then you're not grasping your own issues because you've become God's hands. And mm -hmm. your burden will get so much lighter when mm -hmm. you say, Jesus, I trust you more and I'm going to carry somebody else's burden. Right. The joy increases. You said so that's much, right. so wise, so meaningful. I hope you got that. Because, you know, one of the things that comes back to me that I say often, and once I, once I communicate something that resonates, it impacts the people who hear it, and it's like they get it. It's mm. one thing to hear it. It's another thing to get it. And I've said over and over, if you really want to see your prayers answered, seek to be an answer mm. to someone else's prayer. Amen. Isaiah said in the 58th chapter, that if you want him to answer quickly, begin to notice others. Specifically, he says, those in need. Mm. 
those that have been overlooked, those that are hungry. <laughs> when you notice others and you call, I answer quickly. And so I found tremendous joy in knowing that we're an answer to somebody's prayer. You're an answer to someone's prayer. Do you know that you were talking about not being seen on Facebook or somewhere? What we've done many times that you don't even necessarily know. We've taken things you put on Facebook <laughs> and we've just spread them all over the world through other means of getting it out. And you thought nobody even noticed. Aww. And that thing is going to the ends of the earth yeah. because you're saying yeah. so many things mm. that help lighten somebody else's load. Let me ask all of you out here in this audience, when you're sitting here looking at this beautiful lady, and she sees she can't even see how pretty she is. <laughs> so when she came in tonight, I said, I want you to know you're still beautiful in case you're just wondering. And what did and, I say to you? I think you said thank you. I, I said, you're still handsome, James, and he said, you can't see me. <laughs> but I gave you a high five yeah, anyway. Yeah, you did. Now, how do, you, do you appreciate this lady and her sweet spirit? And, and you are dealing with a, with a heavy challenge. Now, now listen to me. I, I don't know what you're facing. And you might say, I don't even know if you'd care. Yes, I would. Mm -hmm. let, me, let me tell you what I think about you. I think if I told you that Betty and I had a burden and a hurt, because sometimes you've known we have had, and you know what? You cared. And you cared so deeply and I think prayed so faithfully, you lightened our load. And Betty and I want to say thank you. But I also know that You've lightened the load of many people all over the world that you never actually got to see in person. But maybe we just pointed to a need and you said, I can help. Did you know, uh, Jennifer, we had a man come in our office yesterday and he said, I had watched your programs about water wells and you said, you know, maybe you could drill a well. And he said, I was watching it in a hotel room. And he said, I turned to my wife and said, you know, we could drill a well. <laughs> and he drove all the way up here to the office. <laughs> Just say, I wanted you to know we could do that. <laughs> and I said, well, thank you so much. And isn't that exciting that he well, saw I that and said, it. I can do that. I love it. Well, here's the thing. Everybody can do something right. to touch someone with God's love. If you need someone to pray with you, do you see the telephone number there? You notice it's an 800 number? It's paid for by love. Betty and I support Life Outreach, but I promise you, we don't pay that phone bill. And we wouldn't be able to handle that. And, and be very comfortable ever. But love pays it. Mm. Somebody that loves you. Because we know people call who may say, I really couldn't afford the call. And yet you can't afford not to call. Yeah. But somebody else covered it with love. We're gonna give you an opportunity to call and say, somebody pray with me. And someone who cares will pray. They may actually be one who shared similar experiences. So don't hesitate to call. The other thing, Betty, about that number that's so beautiful, it's a lifeline. And when we give you an opportunity to reach out and lift someone out of darkness and defeat, you can do it. I want to remind you that this is a powerful book because so many people do, as Jennifer said, feel invisible. So if you'd like to have it, go online. But I'll say this to you. If you say, I think it'll help me, I want you to look and I want you to listen and I want you to listen to a young girl and just ask the question, could I help her? Watch. In impoverished areas of Southeast Asia, all too often girls like 15-year-old Srey Nang fall for too good to be true offers of a better life in the city. 
it's most often presented as an honorable job, but is soon discovered as something much darker. The cries of this child are lost in the noise of the city around her. The brutality she's endured has left her utterly demoralized. No, sweetheart. Uh, that doesn't have to happen. Our mission workers are so committed, and with the help of viewers like you, we've been able to prepare places for children before the predators get them. And then we've been able now, because of your help, to establish areas of rescue where we can get them out and keep them safe where they can't come get them. To think that somebody would promise her a future and then take her and just make a prisoner out of her, it's, uh, she didn't want to live. And the very fact that she's talking right there to us and our cameras, oftentimes these cameras have to be hidden cameras. There she was talking to someone that had expressed love our mission team. And so she's, she's sharing because someone convinced her that there are those who care. And we believe that. Because when we first brought the opportunity to rescue girls like that to our viewers, our first impulse was probably people won't want to hear about it or see it. But I got to be honest with you. Your hearts leaped out with compassion. And you made it very clear to us we want to help rescue as many as we can, and we want to keep children from being vulnerable to that predation. And so we've been able to establish those safe havens. When I say we, I'm talking about people like you. So I'm coming to you in behalf of that beautiful girl and so many she represents now in about 10 countries that we're working with specifically right now. Would you reach out and touch someone today with love? Would you in essence say, We'll offer you hope and we'll offer a girls that are headed where you're headed a way of escape. Would you dial the number or would you go online, lifetoday.org, just go there. And would you take your bank card and say, I'm going to make a gift of love and life today and I'm going to set someone free. A gift of $128 is the average it costs for us to rescue someone and then care for them for a year. Would you do that? Do you know we have many people who say, I will help rescue 10 because our goal right now in the areas we've targeted is to rescue 5,000 as quickly as we can. 
but we're going to have to have your help to do it. A gift of $1,280, and we're able to rescue 10 and give them a new future and train them in a new way of life. Many of the children we rescued years ago are now teachers. Some of them are college professors. I mean, it's a miracle. Would you be a part of that miracle? Would you do that? Would you reach out right now and touch them with love? We want to send you a beautiful light of the world candle. I'm telling you, the, there's no lighting that does this justice. It's beautiful. But what you're doing is more beautiful than we can describe. You're giving people the hope, the future that only love can provide. So would you make that gift? We have a beautiful bronze that literally illustrates the majestic creative artistry of God. And uh, we want to send that to you if you'll help us rescue 10 or more. Would you do that? Please, right now, make that life-giving call or go online, lifetoday.org. Thank you for doing it. If you want to write a check and mail it, make it to life and put it in the mail. But call us. Would you call us and tell us that you're putting it in the mail? Thank you for doing that. Innocent children created to be happy, loved, and cared for are being abducted and sold at the hands of violent predators. Their spirit and bodies broken under horrific emotional and physical abuse. Through Mission Rescue Life, you can reach out to save children vulnerable to sex traffickers. You can help rescue those already enslaved. And you can restore their lives with hope for a future. Your gift today of only $128 will help rescue a child and change their destiny forever. With gifts of $64 or $32, we will combine your support with others to help rescue one more child from the shame and pain of sexual slavery. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you the Light of the World Scented Candle. This beautiful candle encased in a frosted glass burns with a wonderful scent. Its flame is a reminder of your part in being a light to the world, especially to young women trapped in the darkness of human trafficking. Your gift helps provide them with hope and a way out. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,280 to help rescue 10 children, and you may request our beautiful new Majesty Bronze Sculpture. Please call, write, or make your secure gift online today. I want to thank you so much for your help, and also mention if you'd like to have Jennifer's book, invisible, then we'll gladly send it to you. And I want to mention this because this just went into the stores or online. This is for young women. Uh, I would assume this is for teenagers. Teenage and, girls, and young yeah. Teenage girls. Yeah. Help them know who they and, are. And, uh, you know, I've still got some teenage granddaughters. Mm. <laughs> but it, this, if you'd like to have it, you say, oh, we've got a teenager in the family. Well, we'd be glad to send it to you. If you'll help us rescue some of these precious, precious girls and boys in many instances, children, uh, we'll send this expression of gratitude to you. Would you join me and Betty in saying thanks to Jennifer for being such a blessing? Yeah. Yeah. I have loved you. We love you. You know that. I love you. Yeah. I love you. I love you, Miss Thank all of you so much. Thank you for watching. Encourage your friends to watch Life Today. Thank you for sharing Life Today.
Tomorrow, writer, speaker, and biblical teacher Bianca Olsoff shares her journey from the rags of poverty to the riches of God's mercy and love. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.